Evan Knappen, and welcome to Gun Lawyer. So today I uh, was thinking about this and I said, you know what? I got to make sure that my listeners are protected because I've been seeing lately uh, so many cases of law-abiding gun owners being turned into law-abiding criminals. And I've noticed that there's a belief in a number of gun law myths. And I want to talk to you today about what I consider the five top myths about guns and gun laws that you need to know because there's so much absolute garbage out there, particularly on the internet. You can see all kinds of things and it's just not true. And there's uh, people that believe it end up getting themselves in trouble because when they're put in that situation of having to deal with a stop or with police or whatever, they have made it so they became vulnerable when they thought they were doing the right thing. And I really, that, those are the most uh, frustrating things, not just for me to defend, but it's just sad because the folks that do this are kicking themselves in the butt for doing it. And they're just beating themselves up because they can't believe that they, what they thought was wrong because they've been doing it the whole time. Let me give you a good example of such a thing. You may have heard that when you transport a firearm, you know, put your firearm in the trunk and your ammunition in the glove box. Okay, separate it. I just had a case just this week. Well, that's exactly what my client did coming from a southern state. And he, he said that's what his you know, father always told him, keep the ammunition separate. Well, here's my advice. Don't keep your ammunition in your glove box, despite what you may have heard. Because if you keep it in the glove box, what happens? Well, you get pulled over for a minor traffic violation like it happened to my client. And what's the first thing that the police do? They say, you know, license, registration, insurance. And what do you do? You open the glove box to get out your paperwork. And as soon as you do that, and the officer sees ammunition or a magazine, right? Or a magazine with ammunition. You know, I'm talking about a gun magazine, you know. Not Life magazine, you know, a, a gun mag. He sees a firearm component, a holster, right? Anything like that in your glove box. They now are going to have arguably probable cause to search your vehicle for other weapons, particularly in New Jersey. This is common. And it now can escalate the whole thing. And, and before you know it, in New Jersey, you'll be facing charges for your cased, unloaded handgun that you had in the trunk, looking at a second-degree charge, up to 10 years in state's prison, a minimum mandatory, three and a half years, no chance of parole, because you left your magazine or your ammunition or your holster in the glove box. Whereas if you had simply kept the gun unloaded, and not had the ammunition in the glove box, guess what? You most likely wouldn't have any of this trouble. 
It's something that simple. That simple, yet it can ruin your life. It can now throw you into the judicial system where if it's New Jersey, your entire life can be ruined. Your career, your family, your hopes and dreams, no joke, ruined, imprisoned, three and a half years, no chance of parole, okay? Judge has no discretion in Jersey on that. All that you're going to face, have to fight. Think of the anxiety, the stress, the cost, all that. Because you put those things in the glove box and thought it was the right thing to do because you followed the myth. Whereas if you hadn't done that, most likely you wouldn't even have a problem. That's how outrageous this is. And it is a myth. And these myths hurt good people. Now, look, uh, you might live in a outliner jurisdiction where maybe they have some law that they say, you know, put it in the glove box, but I've never heard of that. And I'll tell you, federal law doesn't say that. Even to transport under Title 18-926A, the ammunition should not be in the same lockbox as your gun. As long as it's in a separate container and your gun's unloaded, you're fine under federal law too does not ever say in the glove box. Now, it's true if you had it in the glove box and it was locked, we try to argue it's a separate container and the gun is in there, but you don't want to do that. Put it in its own little locking box and your gun in a locking case. Put it in the trunk or the back of your vehicle, cover it up, make sure it's locked. And now your gun's unloaded, ammunition's separate. But, you know, part of this being a gun owner today because of the enhanced scrutiny and media bias and narrative and agenda and hatred toward us and fear-mongering by the media. We have to be discreet with our guns. And we have to be smart about our guns. And you don't want to become the next law-abiding criminal. So myth number one is putting those things in the ammo box. And look, I've even heard on a variation of this myth. I had a client who was driving around Jersey and he had his knife, his buck knife, on top of the dash. You know, full-size buck knife on top. And I said, why were you driving it? Well, he was told that as long as you have it in the open, exposed on your car, you're okay. And I'm like, that's just an invite to be arrested. Hey, look, see my big knife? Now please arrest me. I mean, where are these myths? You know, it's a myth. Just the opposite. And, and granted, I, I, no one should be arrested for these things. They're, they're victimless crimes, but it doesn't matter. It's not how, the, how it runs. It's not how it operates. And you'll get dragged into the system on this. So you don't want to have that happen. Speaking of knives for a moment, here's another myth, one of my favorite myths. I mean, how many of you heard? Someone asks, hey, you know, what's the blade limit size on a knife? What's the blade limit size? And let me tell you right now, the blade limit size of a knife is not the width of a fat cop's palm. Okay? Not the width. No. How many times have you seen the but let me do let me put it against my palm and see how you know it goes past the palm? It's no. Where did there's no palm knife law? No such thing. It's a myth. This palm stuff. I mean, I get to how many times have I seen that? Oh, look, it's bigger than my palm. Well, that's nice. Either you got a small palm or I got a big knife, but it don't mean crap under the law. Nothing. So, please, 
there's this myth of blade look some jurisdictions do have blade length laws some jurisdictions do i get that but if they do it is what it is a measurement in inches right measurement in a specific uh, quantity that we recognize okay and can establish that's the amazing part about it so maybe your jurisdiction has a three and a half inch blade length restrict maybe it does and you need to know that if you're in a but you know it's not this weird palm thing that you see all the time not that at all not it at all so you know, and, and for example, and interestingly, in New Jersey, as bad as they are, they don't have a blade length limit. It's not about blade length at all. Length doesn't matter in Jersey. Huh? No, but it doesn't because it's not about that with knives. So know your jurisdiction that you're in and what matters, but know for a fact that these other stories and weird things like palming your blade and all these is as a kid you heard it and all you know even adults say it today it's just nonsense nonsense no basis whatsoever for that and you want to know the facts because if you have the screwed up information on these myths you can end up in trouble and maybe your jurisdiction does have a blade length list and maybe your palm is bigger than the blade length list and you're doing this palm thing, and all you're doing is setting yourself up for a problem. And they make you don't know. You don't know. So don't do that. Be smart. Be smart. I'll tell you another myth. And it's a myth that I understand, and it's common, and a lot of people believe it, but it's not true. And I'm sure most of you probably recognize this. But you'd be surprised how many people don't. Because I get case after case of people who didn't know this. And that is. There is no rest, no national reciprocity for a carry license. Now, I think there should be. And, of course, you know, driver's licenses are recognized in every state. And it's not a, you know, it's not a illogical step to think that, hey, why wouldn't my gun license be recognized in all the states? I mean, it is a state that made it legal for me. And, in fact, they have given me this license after they've run a criminal background check and done things that never happen on a driver's license. You weren't given a criminal background check and fingerprinted to get your driver's license, right? But you were for your, your carry license if you live in a jurisdiction that issues carries. And, and so it's not a far leap to think that, well, why wouldn't all the states recognize that? But they don't. They don't. And Jersey, for example, recognizes no other state's license whatsoever. And if you come to Jersey and you're transporting your handgun thinking that you're covered by a carry, you are not. And many people have suffered, suffered terrible consequences because they believed in a myth of reciprocity. It doesn't exist. I mean, that was Shanine Allen's mistake. You know, she didn't understand why it wasn't recognized. And I've had case after case uh, of that where individuals who come from another jurisdiction would believe that Jersey would be fair and reasonable and would, of course, respect a license that another state has uh, provided, but they don't. And it is incredibly serious, the charges 
because of it. Again, second degree, up to 10 years in state's prison, minimum mandatory, three and a half years, no chance of parole. If you get convicted of that handgun, even though you had a carry license in another state, you go to trial, you're convicted, the judge has no discretion, period. You're getting three and a half years as a minimum in state's prison. Think of how draconian and insane New Jersey's law is and how many folks unwittingly fall for this trap in New Jersey. It is bad news. And so you don't want to fall for that myth. I'll tell you another myth. This is one that you'll hear at times, maybe we're talking with folks about self-defense and some guy or whatever will say, oh, well, if I shoot some guy outside my house, I'm dragging him back in. Like, what is he, now a house guest? I mean, you know, no, you know. Or, uh, or uh, if I shoot some guy, I'm going to plant a, a, a kitchen knife in his hand or a weapon or I got to throw away. I'm going to put it right in his hand. I'm going to say, oh, my God. Listen, it is a myth. Never, never mess with the scene. Don't do it. It's that simple. Because it'll get discovered. It'll get figured out. Okay, they're going to see the drag. They're going to see the blood. They're going to find prints. They're going to do DNA. I mean, come on. And when they determine that you screwed around with that, you've lost all credibility. You've just really screwed yourself. Never do that. Instead, have good counsel. We'll deal with what the truth was and how you defended yourself properly under the law and why you were threatened with serious bodily injury or death and were in fear. Those things, establishing it and defending on the truth and not trying to change the scene because then you won't be able to effectively. You'll be, you'll be cut down at the knees when you try to assert self-defense when the prosecutor is nailing you on your messing with the evidence and the scene in front of the jury. Not good. Plus, you could even be charged with doing such things too. So, no, you don't do that. It doesn't matter. If they fall outside, they fall outside the house. If they had a weapon or not, but if you thought they did, well, we're going to make that clear. You don't plant one. These kind of myths can cost you dearly. So don't believe any of that stuff you see and hear. Stick to what I'm telling you here. I don't want you making these mistakes. When we come back, I'm going to tell you about what happens when you have that police encounter. One of the biggest myths about how to deal with that encounter, should you need to. For over 30 years, attorney Evan Knappen has seen what rotten laws do to good people. That's why he's dedicated his life to fighting for the rights of America's gun owners. A fearsome courtroom litigator fighting for rights, justice, and freedom. An unrelenting gun rights spokesman, tearing away at anti-gun propaganda to expose the truth. Author of six best-selling books on gun rights, including Knappen on Gun Law, a bright orange gun law Bible that sits atop the desk of virtually every lawyer, police chief, firearms dealer, and savvy gun owner. That's what made Evan Knappen America's gun lawyer. Gun laws are designed to make you a criminal. Don't become the innocent victim of a vicious anti-gun legal system. This is the guy you want on your side. 
Keep his name and number in your wallet and hope you never have to use it. But if you live, work, or travel with a firearm, the deck is already stacked against you. You can find him on the web at evannappen.com or follow the link on the Gun Lawyer resource page. Evan Knappen, America's Gun Lawyer. You're listening to Gun Lawyer with attorney Evan Knappen. Available wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Well, you know, my favorite holster, as many of you know, is Mitch Rosen's Extraordinary Gun Leather. And I'm just going to tell you, this is not a paid advertisement. This is because I love what Mitch Rosen does. He's a friend of mine, which is true, and I'm proud to be his friend. But I'll tell you right now, his stuff is just amazing. I'm wearing one now, and you need to try it and see it. His rigs, his leather, man, it just it holds your gun perfectly. There's no keeper strap unless you want to get one, but you don't need it. And it just holds it, and yet you can draw beautifully, and you can put it back wonderfully. It stays open because each holster is molded out of leather and molded to each specific firearm. And it literally fits like a glove, better than a glove. And then you get the belt that's made to carry a holster that sort of uh, forms the full rig and gives you the support, and you won't want anything else. I'm telling you, check out Mitch Rosen's line of gun leather and holsters, and you'll say, "Man, I'm sure glad Evan told me about that," because you'll see I'm, why I love them so much. So, also, I want to just tell you, you know, the, 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 these times are getting very challenging. And I'm sure you're seeing the challenges that we have to face here. And a lot of things are going against us. There's a lot of movement against our rights, a lot of action, a lot of, I'll even use the word conspiracy. I mean, not talking black helicopters, but plainly, the media is not our friend, and they're trying to suppress us. So look, help keep a fellow gun owner from becoming a law-abiding criminal. Tell them to listen to Gun Lawyer. Visit my website at gun.lawyer. It's like dot lawyer the way we have dot com, but I have dot lawyer, and it's gun dot lawyer. What I really love for you to do is take a look at our inner circle. It's right on our website. Sign up for inner circle. That's my way of communicating with you, and you're going to get the inside from me, and we give tips and tricks and insight and fun. Sign up. It's free, and that way I still have the ability to communicate you as it gets tougher and tougher to do so. I mean, this microphone and this podcast is important. It's ways for us to communicate with one another to protect our Second Amendment rights and fellow gun owners. It helps me communicate with you, to touch base, to let you know what's going on. Big Tech doesn't care about our rights. They don't like us. They're trying to shut us down. The inner circle is the way we can stay in contact despite their efforts. With these big issues, and look, you know, these executive orders now and uh, all kinds of nasty things and this clarion call here to take away our rights, and uh, you got the gun laws uh, moving ahead. And, man, it's just amazing how these mass shootings now, right when they're big push for gun laws, suddenly mass you know, it's like you, you could set your watch by it. It's so predictable. But there it is. So the gas is on the fire there. We're going to really have to deal with this. 
please subscribe to the podcast. Join my inner circle. Help me get the word out. I'm depending on you. Now, we uh, are talking here about what kind of things you need to know to protect yourself. And as a criminal defense attorney for over 30 years, defending folks who I lovingly call law-abiding criminals because they're law-abiding citizens who've been turned into criminals by these ridiculous gun laws. And in my experience in doing this criminal defense, I've seen rights play out and the reality of these rights. So what I'm going to tell you is a myth that I see, and I want to tell you what you need to know so you don't ever have the problem. And some folks actually believe that if you have a problem and the police want to talk to you about it, that you can lie your way out of the situation. Now, let me just say, that's a heavy-duty risk, and frankly, it's a myth. Generally speaking, you're not going to succeed. And in fact, they would love for you to try because lying to the police is a crime. So you cannot lie to the police. And if you do, you can be prosecuted simply for lying to the police, even if the underlying reason they were investigating you proves out to be nothing, zero, doesn't matter. Your lying to the police is now a separate criminal act. You see, you cannot lie to the police, but this is not a myth. The police are allowed to lie to you. So you may say, hey, that's not fair. Well, it doesn't matter fair or not. It is how it works. The police have a license to lie. They can lie about things in their investigation to try to glean information out of you. And we've seen this happen. And the surest way to not have a problem is by not lying. Now, because you cannot lie to the police does not mean that there's nothing you can do. Oh, there is something very, very important that you can do. And what you can do is keep your mouth shut. That's right. You have a Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination. You have a right to counsel. So you have a right to say nothing. But so many people seem to have a hard time doing that. But that's what you need to do. You need to say, hey, I have nothing to say. I want to talk to my lawyer first. And always invoke that. You want to talk to your lawyer. By talking to your lawyer and asking to speak with your lawyer and not saying anything, guess what? You're not going to fall for the myth of lying to the police. And guess what? You're not going to incriminate yourself over some offense that you don't even know you're incriminating yourself over because you didn't even know it was an offense. And I get those cases too. I can't tell you how many times people say, I didn't know that was illegal. <clears throat> I thought I was grandfathered. I thought I was okay. I thought I was doing the right thing. I thought, well, you know what? I understand all those things. I do. I get it. But talking is what becomes now the biggest problem in your case. So police have a right to lie to you, but you do not have a right to lie to them. And because you 
need to keep your mouth shut and not inadvertently say anything that could even be twisted against you because you're innocent. And I've seen that. It's an innocent person, which makes it incredibly tragic because they said things that are now being used against them even though it really wasn't them. And I've had those cases. If they had just kept their mouth shut so many times through so many cases that I've had over 30 years of criminal defense, I look back and I say, where was the person's mistake? They couldn't shut their mouth and just ask for their attorney. Many times in these criminal cases, your future hinges on one choice, whether you're choosing to put that ammunition in your glove box, whether you've chosen to speak to the police, whether you've chosen to think that a knife shorter than your palm is okay and you've never even looked to the actual laws in your jurisdiction, when you choose to bring your gun and carry it into New Jersey, assuming that your license is going to be respected and honored, those choices, those myth-believed, if you will, ends up making people miserable and put into a world of problems that they never thought they would end up in. So remember, you can't and should never lie to the police. And further, you shouldn't talk to the police either because you always have that right to say, hey, I want to talk to my lawyer first. And that's what smart people do. Because by talking to your lawyer, your lawyer cannot incriminate you. Your lawyer can speak and find out what's going on. And what you say to your lawyer is confidential attorney-client protected speech between you and your attorney. This is the smart thing that folks do, and that's what you need to be, smart, and not fall into these traps. The, uh, the belief here about law enforcement's job and what their responsibility is, is distorted by way of television. And so many times I'm watching a TV show, you know, that uh, my family was watching and, and they're investigating this, this uh, suspect and he's there talking across the metal table. Yakety, yakety. I'm like, shut up. Get a lawyer. Shut up. Oh, my God. And it just, it's frustrating because if you're ever read your rights, okay, that's not a myth. If you've read your rights, fireworks should be going off. Flags should be flying. The alarm bell should be ringing. If you've ever read your rights, that you have the right to remain silent, remain freaking silent. Okay, you just got hit with a train by these rights in your face. And you're like, hey, can I buy a ticket on that train? No. No. You read your rights. That's it. You ever read your rights? There's no more excuse. I mean, it just mind boggles me that police read your rights. And then the person says, oh, fine. Now I'll talk to you and I don't need a lawyer. Why do you think they read you your rights, man? 
because you do need a lawyer and you do need to shut up. It couldn't be more blatant. But you know what? TV, man, television, movie, they condition you. Oh, you don't have to worry about those little rights things. Everybody just talks. If you don't talk, you must have something to hide. You must. No, it's not how it works. Not how it works at all, man. Not at all. You ever read your rights? That is absolutely the last stop sign before the cliff. Okay, that's it. You go through that stop sign, you are going down, down, down that gully, and you're going to crash and burn, okay? That's your final warning right there, the guardrail at the end of the road. And you just went right through it, no problem. Oh, la-di-da-di-da. No. Can't emphasize it enough. It's absolutely the bottom line myth is that you can ignore when your rights are read to you. Ha! Do that and you will pay the price. Absolutely. Never waive your rights. Demand your attorney. And then and only then, if your attorney advises you after thorough consideration and that defense counsel that knows criminal law in your situation tells you you can waive rights and do this or that, fine. But short of that, no way. Nothing to say I want my lawyer. Hey, folks, this is Evan Knappen reminding you that gun laws don't protect honest citizens from criminals. They protect criminals from honest citizens. Gun Lawyer is a Counterthink Media production. The music used in this broadcast was managed by Cosmo Music, New York, New York. Reach us by emailing evan at gun.lawyer. The information and opinions in this broadcast do not constitute legal advice. Consult a licensed attorney in your state.